The Biden administration has just held its seventh round of talks with Iran. Seven rounds of negotiations with Iran. Why? So we can beg them to rejoin the dreadful Obama nuclear deal, which the Iranians are not keeping to anyway as the months drag on. And we're talking with them. They are enriching uranium, building more centrifuges, enriching uranium to an insane level here, 60% purity, very, very close to nuclear weapon. And they are getting... No consequences whatsoever. They're still part of the deal with the Europeans, with the U.N. The U.N. is not allowed to go in and inspect their nuclear sites. And uh, But at least we're holding talks. I'm sure the Iranians are terrified of having talks with Joe Biden. Meanwhile, another mystery explosion at one of Iran's largest nuclear facilities. But the Iranians say, don't worry, we planned this. It's a drill. It was just another drill. We'll get to all those details coming up. Last week, President Biden claimed at a White House Hanukkah party, President Biden claimed that he was a liaison during the six-day war between Israel and Egypt. You cannot make this stuff up. Biden, here's the problem with his story, is that 1967, when the six-day war took place, Joe Biden, Biden's been in Washington for a very long time. It feels like he's been in Washington forever, but even Joe Biden hasn't been in Washington, D.C. long enough to have been part of the Six-Day War. In fact, he was only in law school at the time, but he claimed that uh, Golda Meir actually brought him in. Okay, so it was an honest mistake. He did visit Israel around the time of the 1973 Yom Kippur War, so maybe he meant that war, but here's the problem. He still wasn't a liaison between Egypt and Israel. He was just a very young senator at the time, but at least he was actually in the Senate. So, you know, he was embellishing. He wasn't technically lying. He was probably confused. We know he gets confused. He got confused even, you know, before he started hitting the cognitive decline. But here's the problem is that Biden gets confused all the time. I mean, it's like he literally has to check his notes when they ask him what time it is. When they ask him what he does for a living, Biden's got to look at his notes. Okay, he's got to look at his cheat sheet. The media still pretends that the man is sharp as a knife. I mean, it's like, remember with Trump? Remember Trump, like anything he did that was just a little bit strange, which didn't happen very often. Trump is unfit for office. We need to invoke the 25th Amendment. And remember, he like Trump, like uh, he was walking down a ramp and it was a steel ramp and he was wearing slippery shoes and he was worried it was raining. He was worried about slipping. We've been there, right? So the media, like they, they picked it apart. They like analyzed it for two days, how uh, Trump is not fit for office. There's something wrong with Trump because he went down a ramp slowly. And like when it comes to Biden, where it's like a blunder a minute, the media just completely buries it. Meanwhile, did you hear about Hawaii? There is a blizzard taking place in Hawaii this weekend. 12 inches of snow in Hawaii. So the question is, what happened to global warming? I mean, winds, wind gusts over 100 miles an hour. They're expecting accumulation. Hawaii. Hawaii is getting an accumulation of a foot of snow. Uh, where are the Democrats? Where's Al Gore? Where's global warming? So I know you're going to tell me. You're going to say, well, listen, it's just one weather system. So you cannot judge climate change based on one severe weather incident. Yes, it's freezing cold blizzard conditions in like the most tropical place in the world, basically in Hawaii. But you can't judge climate change based on climate change is like it's something that happens around the planet. It's global warming. It's not Hawaiian warming. Okay, fine. But here's my problem with that is like, Whenever there's extreme heat, whenever like Death Valley hits like 110 degrees, the Democrats sit there telling us how climate change, look what Trump is doing, look what these Republicans are doing with their fossil fuels. Whenever there's like a one weather incident of extreme heat, then it's all about global warming. But extreme cold, I'm not allowed to say this debunks the global warming 
theory. And by the way, it doesn't. So it's just again, it's just all about the media narrative. If it fits with their narrative, they report it. If it doesn't fit, well, it's just one. It's just one weather event. So and and it doesn't even have to be severe heat. That's the beauty of the Democrats is they can blame anything on climate change. So if there's like a severe hurricane, which isn't hot, it's not a hot hurricane, but it's an unusual hurricane. The winds are unusual. So they also manage to blame climate change. So they could take anything they want and just blame it on climate change, except if it's freezing cold. And then, well, it's just it's just one severe weather event. So that doesn't prove anything. And by the way, remember when Trump Trump actually got blamed for wildfires, Trump actually got blamed for severe hurricanes, as though like he's been in office for like two years, three years, he's his policies, they're they're not going to have any impact for like 20 years. Whatever's happening now is a result of the climate policies 10, 15, 20 years ago. All right, so the media is in a frenzy right now over the Omicron variant. The Omicron variant, it it like brings up, it conjures up these images of like some freaky, horrific monster. You know, the latest count, the WHO has come out with the latest count of how many deaths have been recorded as a result of the Omicron variant. And the number is a grand total of Zero. There have been zero deaths, which is a wonderful thing. Let's hope it stays that way. But the WHO confirms there have been zero deaths total as a result of the dangerous Omicron Omicron variant. I guess it's not that dangerous so far. It's contagious. As we told you, contagious doesn't equal dangerous. The common cold is dangerous. Pink eye. Pink eye is very is very contagious, very contagious. But nobody's, you know, getting vaccinated for pink eye. Um, so here's the thing is, as we told you, like the media, they get into a frenzy, they get into a tailspin because it fits with their narrative. And, uh, yes, COVID is dangerous. I'm not, I'm not minimizing COVID in any way, but it's like, they tell us they're going to follow the science. Well, if the science tells you zero deaths so far as a result of the variant, there have been massive lockdowns as a result of the variant. There have been policy changes as the result of the variant. So it's like when they say follow the science, What they mean is when the science gives them a lot of government control, then they follow the science. And again, I'm very pro-vaccine. I'm very into being concerned about COVID. I'm not diminishing that in any way. But like somehow they follow the science when it when it when it fits with their narrative. But suddenly when science actually goes against their narrative, then suddenly they ignore the science. All right, let's get to Iran. As we said, a mystery explosion has rocked the Natanz nuclear facility. That is Iran's main facility, main nuclear enrichment plant. That is the main area where the Iranians enrich uranium. And the Iranians are telling us, here, don't worry. Don't worry. This is a drill. This is all planned out. <laughs> I mean, and why would the Iranians lie about something like that? I mean, if they tell us that this mystery explosion at one of their largest nuclear facilities was just a drill, I mean, like, what possible motive would they have to to lie about that, to bend the truth. So there's no foul play. That's what they're saying. Essentially, there was this loud bang, a loud noise right right at the area of the Natan's uh, facility, and there was a flash of light in the sky. An Iranian spokesman says that uh, there was a missile system that was test-fired no reason to be concerned whatsoever. Meanwhile, a news agency linked with Iranian security forces, the Tasnim News Agency, actually quoted sources saying that a hostile drone activated defense systems. So, I mean, what reason? We, the, the, the Israelis, the Mossad, has attacked the Natan, Natan's facility multiple times this past year, but uh, the Iranians insist that this, there's no foul play here, so I'll take them at their word. Meanwhile, another round of talks with the Biden people and the Iranians as we get down on our hands and knees, begging them to rejoin the Iran nuclear deal, the Obama nuclear deal, the bogus 
pitiful Obama nuclear deal, and yet the talks have gotten us nowhere. What a surprise, because the Iranians, they don't want to cut a deal. The Iranians are in a great spot right now. Yeah, look, they want the sanctions lifted. I understand that. But they are they are busy. They are getting so frightfully close to a nuclear weapon. It's terrifying. It's not even funny. And they're getting zero consequences. And they keep toying with the UN, the IAEA. They keep sending in inspectors and saying, please let us in. Pretty please with a cherry on top. Let us in. We want to inspect. We want to see how much you're enriching uranium. You're telling us that you're enriching uranium to 60%, but we want to see it for ourselves. No, sorry, we're not going to let you in. All right, but what about all these places where uranium traces were found even before the nuclear deal, and yet you never declared those as nuclear spots? You know, you tell us those are warehouses, and yet the Israelis managed to find uranium traces. That's a little bit strange. Well, we don't want to tell you where that came from, but trust us, there was no foul play here. And by the way, the only reason we ever really enrich uranium is because for peaceful purposes, because we want to power the country with nuclear energy. Well, why would we doubt the Iranians when they claim that? Meanwhile, they have dramatically increased their stockpile of highly enriched uranium. The, the, the uranium, uranium enriched to 20% right now is at uh, 39 pounds. And the uranium, uranium, their stockpile of uranium enriched up to 60%. 60% is extremely, extremely close. By the way, there is no peaceful reason that you would need uranium enriched to 60%. That is up from 22 pounds. That is, that is way, way up to, to 39 pounds from 22 pounds. The 20% enriched uranium, I may have misspoken before, is uh, actually up to 250 pounds from 186 pounds in September. So basically, without getting into the nitty-gritty details here, the Iranians have a lot of very, very highly enriched uranium, and it's a stockpile, and, and they have broken the, oh, the nuclear deal many, many times over at this point. So it's really, really frightening. Uh, there was a tweet that was put out. Let me read you the tweet. It says this. In 1981, Israel destroyed an Iraqi nuclear plant uh, being built with French help because nobody else would act. In 2007, Israel destroyed a Syrian nuclear plant. Remember that? It wasn't that long ago. Being built with the help of North Korea because nobody else would help. Who is going to stop Iran's unmistakable nuclear ambitions? Think about that. The world just sits there. I mean, you have these radical Islamic terrorists. That's what the Iranians are. That's what the Syrians are. Uh, just, just, just developing nuclear weapon this close, this close to a nuclear weapon, and the world just sits there doing nothing, just hoping some kind of miracle will happen, or not even noticing, or not even caring, or I don't know what, thinking, oh, it's just Trump. Trump's made, just making a lot, a uh, big deal over nothing, and the Israelis are the only ones who do the the dirty work that the rest of the world is supposed to be doing. Meanwhile, we have shocking new details uh, about the Israeli attack on Natan's. Earlier this year, remember that 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 massive explosion. This took place in April, and it destroyed a huge chunk of the facility. Destroyed many many of their centrifuges. So it turns out, according to a new report in the Jewish Chronicle, the Mossad actually recruited a group of Iranian scientists. the The Mossad recruited a group of Iranian scientists who were involved in blowing up the Natanz facility. I don't know if this is confirmed, but it certainly makes a lot of sense. There had to have been inside people behind this attack, and um, as many as 10 scientists, according to the report, were recruited to destroy one of the centrifuge holes in Natanz. The scientists, reportedly, they were not aware that they were in contact with the Mossad. They were told that they were being contacted by Iranian dissident groups, but it turns out that it was the Mossad. The Mossad probably, you know, uh, hid their own identity because they wanted the Iranian scientists to actually work with them. And apparently, according to this report, this is really 
fascinating. I mean, this makes, you know, this is spine-chilling stuff here where the some of the explosives were dropped off by drone and picked up by the scientists and others were smuggled in. So essentially, the Mossad reached out, contacted Iranian scientists who were working in the Natanz facility. They claimed to be Iranian dissidents and said, hey, you want to blow up some of these centrifuge facilities? And they actually dropped off some of the explosives by drone. I mean, this is just an unbelievable story. That that explosion, according to reports, that explosion destroyed as much as 90% of the centrifuges at the Natanz facility. Intelligence officials told the New York Times that it would take nine months to repair the damage that was caused by that explosion, by those explosions that took place back in April. So pretty amazing stuff. All right, a socialist Democrat politician in New Jersey, this is an unbelievable story, was fooled into believing that she was in contact with the chief rabbi of Gaza. The chief <laughs> the chief rabbi of Gaza. You cannot make this stuff up. A socialist Democrat who's running for Congress in New Jersey, her campaign believed that they were planning a campaign fundraiser which was going to be held in Gaza. They were going to take part in remotely in a fundraiser in Gaza. And here's why this story, other than the fact that it's hilarious, the reason this story is so important is because it shows us the ignorance of the radical left, of these politicians. You know, here they go, they bash Israel. The, the, these politicians, they say vicious, vicious things. A lot of them are anti-Semites. And they don't even have a clue. They don't even know the most basic information. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know the first thing about the Middle East. But it doesn't matter because they just repeat a bunch of talking points. Um, if you look at the Twitter account, this is a Twitter account of a fake rabbi. It turns out it's just some lawyer who was, who, who made a parody account. And it's so clear, it's so obvious from from the tweets. And if you look at this account, it's so obvious that it's a parody, that it's a fake account. Some of the tweets actually tell Hamas terrorists that they need to conduct social distancing in terror tunnels. Yeah, that one of the tweets reminds Gaza terrorists, Hamas terrorists, make sure that you practice social distancing when you're in the terror tunnels. One of the tweets has a picture of a menorah made of Qassam rockets, and the rabbi claims to be the Jewish affairs advisor to Ismail Haniya, who's, uh, of course, one of the terrorist leaders of Hamas, yet this this Democrat socialist who considers herself basically part of the squad, Imani Oakley, uh, she thought that her campaign was organizing a fundraiser with the chief rabbi of Gaza. Obviously, Gaza doesn't have a chief rabbi because there are no Jews allowed in Gaza, but it shows you how ignorant these Democrats are, these leftists are. There are literally emails back and forth, and by the way, this is, uh, these emails were quoted on Vin News, vinnews.com. And I do want to mention that, uh, I, this, this podcast is hosted on the Vin News Podcast Network, which we're always very excited about. We appreciate that. So this was literally, these emails are in the New York Post. They are on Vin News and, uh, they're going back and forth planning a fundraiser in Gaza. You know, anyone with half a brain knows that there is no chief rabbi of Gaza because Jews cannot exist in Gaza. And, and yet these politicians, they don't have a clue. They don't know. They go and talk about the Israeli occupiers and they go and talk about how the Israelis are guilty of all these human rights violations and they couldn't find Israel on a map. And remember when Ocasio, remember when Ocasio was asked, she was a candidate running for Congress and she was asked why she called the Israelis occupiers. What was that based on? And she was like a deer in the headlights. She she stammered away. She had no idea. And eventually she said, well, 
I need you to educate me. I need to learn more about these issues and conceded the fact that she's clueless and she's literally just parroting. She doesn't have the first inkling about Israelis, occupiers or anything else or any of the history for sure. Just parroting leftist talking points uh, against the Jews. And, and that's basically all you, all you need to do. As, as, as Nancy Pelosi said, in Ocasio's district, all you need to be is a coffee cup with a letter D on it and, and you get elected in Ocasio's uh, congressional district. All right. So CNN has fired Chris Cuomo, oh, it's about time. I don't think uh, anybody feels too bad here about uh, this situation, at least anybody normal. Uh, Thankfully, Chris Cuomo is gone. Now, Chris Cuomo, he has got a lot of issues of his own. The reason he was fired, the official reason, who knows what's going on behind the scenes, is because he broke all journalistic standards. He used his news media connections to try to help his brother Andrew get through all the many scandals that he faced. And, of course, Andrew Cuomo sent COVID patients to nursing homes, killed thousands and thousands of nursing home residents with COVID. Then he gets uh, praised as being the hero of fighting COVID, and Trump gets blamed. And meanwhile, what Cuomo did was egregious. And then Cuomo, of course, lied about it and actually covered it up, covered up the numbers of nursing home residents who were killed um, by COVID in New York. But uh, Chris Cuomo himself, you know, guilty of all sorts of uh, things, his, his journalistic integrity and just his integrity as a human being. I mean, uh, he, remember when he, you know, he was caught, caught on tape having a dispute with somebody uh, in a restaurant, vicious, vicious things that were said uh, by Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo, he broke quarantine. There was a report uh, in several news outlets that he actually, he had COVID, he was in his basement broadcasting, but then it turned out that he actually um, was seen, was spotted uh, walking outside with his family way, way far from his home uh, when he had COVID and claimed to be quarantining in the basement. So, you know, sayonara, adios, Chris Cuomo. We're not going to miss you. You know, the Cuomo's, the Cuomo brothers having a very tough time. Uh, they were both brought down by Letitia James, which is very interesting. Letitia James is, is a very prominent Democrat building a name for herself. Clearly, she does not like the Cuomo's very much. Uh, so that's really interesting. We're going to keep an eye on that. She's probably going to be running for governor of New York against Kathy Hochul. And boy, boy has she built a name for herself. Uh, have you ever noticed that you don't hear the Democrats these days talking about gun control, talk, you know, uh, asking, demanding gun control measures and gun control laws, gun control bills to be pl- uh, to be passed in Congress. Now that Biden is in charge under Trump for four years, we heard the Democrats talking nonstop about uh, passing stricter gun control measures and about confiscating people's guns, gun buyback programs. And yet now the Democrats are in charge and the Democrats are passing bills. And yet you don't hear anything about gun control legislation. Isn't that isn't that pretty interesting? Why, why would that be now that they're in power? Wouldn't you think that the Democrats would push to to pass gun control laws like they like they told us about for four years. And like they told us about when Bush was president, by the way, under Obama, under Obama, uh, they did not pass gun control legislation. Obama did very, Obama did very little for gun control. I always say Trump actually did more for gun control than Obama because uh, President Trump actually banned bump stocks, which Obama considered doing. He said, no, this is going to lose in the court. We're not going to ban bump stocks. Why, why would that be? And, and Trump said, you know what? It's the right thing to do. Let's ban bump stocks. Bump stocks essentially allow an AR-15 to act like an automatic rifle. It's a semi-automatic, but uh, they, they allow it to, 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 to shoot bullets much, much faster and much easier. The Las Vegas shooter uh, was able to do much more damage uh, because of bump stocks. And Trump said, it's the right thing to do. We'll fight it in court. Trump won it in court. Obama refused to do that. The media is never going to tell you that. And, and there have been many mass shootings 
And yet, where is the outcry? Every time there was a shooting under Trump, all you heard the Democrats talking about how it's Trump's fault. We've got to, uh, we need tighter gun control restrictions and legislations. But now that the Democrats are in power and they can actually do something about it, now suddenly they're not doing anything uh, and they're not even calling for gun control measures. Why is that? Because it's all a sham. Because the Democrats, they don't really want gun control. They just want to be able to use it as a talking point to get elected. And the reason is because you know how many Democrat voters own guns. You know how many Democrat voters in Virginia, in Wisconsin, in in so many uh, Midwestern states, states around the country, southern states, there are Democrats who own guns. I'm talking about millions of Democrats, and it would be a disaster for the Democrats under Obama for eight years. Again, the media is not going to tell you this, but I blame Obama for the Las Vegas shooter, at least for him being able to do so much damage. Trump got the blame. Trump is the one who responded and said, let's ban bump stocks and and, uh, defended it in court and won. Obama refused to. So and yet Obama gets a pass. Obama doesn't get the blame, even though he considered he literally considered banning bump stocks. He said, no, we're not going to do it. Why not try? Why not try to do it and defend it in court? And, And if he had done that and succeeded, then the Las Vegas shooter, at least he couldn't have, you know, presumably he couldn't have gotten his hand on bumps on bump stocks and he couldn't have done as much damage. It's just egregious. Because it's all about the Democrats don't care about what they call gun safety measures. They don't they, they, they don't care. They, they, they It's all about politics. It's all about politics. So when they're not in power, then they can use it as a talking point and say, look at Trump. Trump is the reason for all these mass shooters and use it to get elected. But then suddenly they're in power and they can actually do something about it is the last thing that they want to do, because then they're going to be voted out of office by many, many Democrats who actually believe in the Second Amendment. I know it's shocking, but Democrat voters actually believe in the constitutional Second Amendment that protects your right to to bear arms. Uh, Democrats, meanwhile, are upset that the Biden administration is reinstating Trump's remain in Mexico policy. I mean, the Democrats, the reason, the only reason Biden is doing it is because he's legally required to do it because the court is forcing him to. Trust me, Biden does not want to do anything uh, to secure the border, but he doesn't have a choice here. And yet the Democrats are criticizing no, no joke. The Democrats are criticizing the view. Members on the, of the view are saying, well, Biden's not keeping his campaign promises. He's breaking his campaign promises. Now, they are right that Biden broke many campaign promises. Biden, uh, one of his promises was that he would not mandate vaccines. And of course, he's trying to mandate vaccines, trying very hard. The courts may shut that, shoot that down as well. But uh, by the way, Biden pledged that he would fix COVID. He's got vaccines thanks to Trump. So that, 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 that almost... That was just luck, dumb luck that Biden had that the vaccine has done so much to stop the spread of COVID. That's not any Biden policy. Uh, but uh, Biden, he has not stopped COVID. In fact, there have been more COVID deaths. The media is not going to tell you this, but there have been more COVID deaths under Biden than there were under Trump. So another campaign pledge that uh, Biden has broken. And and look, in general, I, I think it's very hard to blame politicians for COVID because COVID is beyond anybody's control. Certainly, I don't expect the government to be able to solve it. But remember, when it was Trump, you were able to blame Trump. But of course, you're not able to blame blame Biden. And Biden has a vaccine. Trump did not even have a vaccine. He's the one who gave us the vaccine. But uh, either way, it's a court. Remain in Mexico is a court order. It's a court order. So the Democrats who are blaming Biden and saying he's breaking his promise, he promised that he would rescind remain in Mexico. Well, what do you want him to do? You want him to break the law? You want him to literally to 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 ignore the courts and to defy the the, the court order? That that seems to be what they want him to do. So they don't care about law. They don't. They only care about their agenda, but they don't care about uh, when Biden actually follows the law. I mean, imagine if it were Trump. Imagine if Trump defied a court order 
when it came to border policies. I mean, the, the media would be livid. The Democrats would be livid. But when it's Biden, he's actually following the courts, uh, which, by the way, the policy remain in Mexico. It's a no brainer. It's an amazing policy. And uh, it's egregious that Biden ever rescinded it in the first place. I mean, it was probably the worst thing he possibly could have done because it has caused a, an enormous amount of illegal border crossings. And there's like a record number of, of, of uh, illegals crossing the border thanks to Biden rescinding Remain in Mexico. All right, so three disgraceful U.N. resolutions have been passed. Over this last week, the U.N. Uh, passed three uh, disgraceful, I mean, three egregious resolutions. These resolutions were not against China. These resolutions were not against North Korea or Iran or Bashar al-Assad, who's murdered like hundreds of thousands of his own citizens. They are against Israel because we know that the U.N., just their whole mission, their whole existence uh, is about bashing Israel. And these resolutions passed by an overwhelming majority. Do you know that over the next month, there are 14 U.N. resolutions that are targeting Israel that are going to be adopted? Over, I'll repeat that over the next month, the U.N. is going to pass 14 resolutions against Israel, targeting Israel. You know how many resolutions they're going to pay, they're scheduled to pass against the rest of the world combined? Five. No exaggeration. This is according to UN Watch. Over the next month, the UN is scheduled to pass 19 resolutions. 14 of them target Israel. Five of them target the rest of the world combined. That includes China. That includes Russia, Syria, Iran, North Korea. So uh, one resolution, by the way, the U.N. passes close to 20 resolutions on Israel annually, and they've barely condemned Syria or Iran for human rights abuses. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it's so transparent. It's so obvious. And it, it's like so clear. And it's a joke. It's like a joke. But, but, but unfortunately, a lot of people take the U.N. seriously at this point, inexplicably. So one of these resolutions blames Israel for restricting the Palestinians in Jerusalem. The reality is Israel allows the Palestinians all sorts of religious freedom in Jerusalem right now. And the Jews under Jordan, back pre-1967, the Jews had zero freedom of religion uh, in Jerusalem under Jordan. But, uh, but now, now that the Israelis have taken over, they give the Palestinians, I mean, just, in, just unthinkable rights, considering they're a bitter enemy, considering the Palestinians are responsible for terror attacks, weekly, virtually daily terror attacks in Jerusalem, and yet the Israelis allow them to roam free, and instead of the Israelis getting credit, they get a resolution condemning the fact that they don't allow the Palestinians enough freedom in Jerusalem. One resolution blames Israel for having too much control over settlements and essentially not allowing the Palestinians to have sovereignty. Everybody knows that the Palestinians are terrorist sponsors. I mean, literally, the good, the good guys, I'm not talking about Hamas, the good ones, right? Fatah, uh, Mahmoud Abbas, has his pay-to-slay program where they have a stipend. They pay hundreds of millions of dollars every year uh, as a stipend to uh, suicide bombers' families and to terrorists uh, who target Jews, who target innocent Israelis. They pay them millions and millions of dollars. And by the way, those are U.S. tax dollars, some of it going to fund those Palestinian terrorists. Trump stopped it. Biden, of course, reinstated it. And, and by the way, if the Israelis would get the, the last people who want uh, Palestinians to have sovereignty are the Palestinians because they wouldn't know what to do with themselves because they literally they, they couldn't survive for 10 minutes. They would completely crumble and, and they would attack Israel even more than they are now. But it's like the best thing that ever happened to the Palestinians is the fact that the Israelis actually control the Palestinians. The Israelis turn over tax dollars to the Palestinians. The Israelis are the ones who provide their electricity. The third resolution blames Israel for occupying a portion of Syria. At least that's what it claims. It's not true because the Israelis actually won that territory fairly from Syria 
after they were attacked. That's the part that nobody tells you is this, this Syria attacked the Israelis. The Israelis won. Then the Israelis gave back that piece of land. Then Syria attacked again. And the Israelis are like, listen, we can't keep being attacked by Syria. This is ridiculous. So we're just going to keep the land. And uh, by the way, it's a very strategic piece of land because right now Syria, we, we, we know about the buildup of the, the Iranians and of Hezbollah in Syria and in Lebanon. So that northern border for Israel is extremely crucial. By the way, Bashar al-Assad, who runs Syria, he's killed maybe a million Muslims. I mean, the Israelis, anything the Israelis do is in self-defense. The Israelis would never, ever kill an innocent Muslim, or at least they wouldn't do it intentionally. Yet the Israelis get condemned. Bashar al-Assad, Bashar al-Assad, the head of Syria, he's killed over a million Muslims. He gasses them. Chemical warfare, just horrific, horrific, unspeakable things. And, uh, and he doesn't get condemned, but the Israelis get condemned. Dr. Fauci was asked why everybody who's coming into the country needs to be tested for COVID, thanks to the Omicron virus, except for illegals. Yeah, literally, Peter Ducey of Fox News, give him credit. He asked Dr. Fauci, he said, everybody who's coming in to the country right now, because any immigrant, any traveler, anybody coming in from the outside, due to the dangerous Omicron variant, which not one death has resulted from, they need to be tested before coming into the country. Here's the problem. The problem is, what about the southern border? What about the illegals who are crossing the southern border? Southern border? And Fauci said, well, that is different. <laughs> Why is that different? Why on earth is that? Well, that's, he said, essentially, Fauci said, it's different because what are we supposed to do? Because they, they, it's basically impossible because you have all these people who are storming across the border and there's simply nothing we could do. So it's like, OK, uh, number one, they're getting a pass. Number two, it, it's like the illegals, they, they don't have to get vaccinated. Like all the rules, are co- that's a different issue. No, it's not a different issue. In fact, it's the same issue. In fact, people who are coming to the country legally, if they have to get vaccinated or tested for COVID, then how much more so? I mean, people are coming across illegally all the more reason. They, they have fewer rights, not more rights. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. Well, but we can't. Well, we can't. The, uh, it's impossible. What are we supposed to do? So it's like, what's the lesson here? The message is, well, if you storm across and you make it impossible, so many of you come in droves and there's no hygiene whatsoever, you know, no health restriction. I mean, literally. I mean, they could be spreading COVID everywhere. They basically take these illegals, they come across the border, and then they fly them on charter flights and release them into communities around the country. That's what they do. Literally, Biden does it in the middle of the night. And you you can't make this stuff up. Uh, no, but we don't test them for COVID. We don't vaccinate them. We just let them roam free. Like everybody in the country, I mean, co- is restricted by COVID, except people who come to the country illegally because, well, it's too hard to regulate them. After all, they come illegally. It's not like you could check their passports. It's not like you have any idea you could track them. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point. That's why we need to crack down on them even more. Well, what are we going to do? They're coming illegally. There's no way to regulate that. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why you've got to stop them from coming in. I'd say, hey, look, they could spread COVID because they're here illegally anyway. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, Dr. Fauci, the man of science. All right, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.